We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Photographs of the inaugural proceedings were intentionally framed in a way in one particular tweet, to minimize the enormous support that had gathered on the National Mall. Inaccurate numbers involving crowd size were also tweeted. No one had numbers. We do know a few things, so let's go through the facts. We know that from the platform where the president was sworn into 4th Street holds about 250,000 people. From 4th Street to the media tent is about another 220,000. And from the media tent to the Washington Monument, another another 250,000 people. All of this space was full when the president took the oath of office. We know that 420,000 people used the D.C. Metro public transit yesterday, which actually compares to 317,000 that used it for President Obama's last inaugural. This was the largest audience to ever witness an inauguration, period, both in person and around the globe. Why did the president send out his press secretary, who's not just the spokesperson for Donald Trump, he, could be the, he is also serves as the spokesperson for all of America at times. He speaks for all of the country at times. Why put him out there the, for the very first time in front of that podium to utter a provable falsehood? It's a small thing, but the first time he confronts the public, it's a falsehood? Really dramatic about it, Chuck. What it, it, you're saying it's a falsehood, and they're giving Sean Spicer, our press secretary, gave Alternative facts. Alternative facts. Alternative facts. I like white folks, but I don't like you. All the in the hood wanna fight you. Surprise L Chopper ain't tried to snipe you. Surprise the nation of Islam ain't tried to find you. Have a rally out LA, we gon' fuck it up. Home of the Ryan King Ryan. We're here. I 
What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. This week's episode of The Corner is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. You know me and Andreas are always covering events, we're always writing articles, but when we do have time to sleep, we lay our head down on a nice, pillowy soft premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman. Everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store. None of that anymore. You get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to Casper Mattresses. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I got to get my rest. So Casper Mattresses is the, is the goods. I'm telling you right now. So listen, you can get $50 off of any mattress purchase by visiting Casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's one word, the corner. That's Casper.com backslash the corner promo code. T-H-E-C-O-R-N-E-R. Terms and conditions apply. What up, everybody? Welcome to another week of the Corner Podcast. Shout out to the sponsors, as always. I'm Kel Dansby here with Andreas Hale. He is in an amazing mood today. That that week out in L.A. just did wonders for him. So it's really? great to have you back. You, you seem just chipper. Oh, okay. I um, guess this is chipper. <laughs> you seem alert, awake. Like you got some rest? Uh, I'm awake. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, too bad we're going to, you know, switch, switch the mood in the building straight off the rip because we saw Donald Trump's inauguration this week. No, um, y'all saw Donald Trump's inauguration. Okay, listen, I ain't watched that shit. <laughs> I, I was on a freeze, but I saw the jokes roll off. That was my favorite part of the day. Um, and I don't know, man. We have alternative facts. Because it was the most watched and most attended inauguration ever. This guy. It's, it's almost unbelievable um, how ridiculous that what he's in. What, it's only been a couple of days. And what he's accomplished in just a couple of days is unbelievable. Because it's like every day that passes is another executive order. And it's another piece of shit that the people are going to have to fight against. But he's just trying to impose his will. And it's like, how did this guy win? And there's people on the right that are even saying, that, like, how did this guy win? But then there's those, like, super conservatives. Like, I don't know what happened to the Tea Party. Do they even exist anymore? But, uh, good question. But uh, <laughs> I don't know how anybody could advocate for what Trump is doing already. I mean, first of all, you got to take away this dude's Twitter. He, him, him, Chris Brown, Soldier Boy, <laughs> they don't need social media. Like, do your job. It's a damn shame th- when the president of the United States is breaking just global tr- oh, global God, rules and regulations via Twitter. He's the worst. He, I mean, <laughs> he's, he's just been awful in five days. And yeah, But again, I keep going back to this. It's like, well, you know, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Like, yeah, he could get impeached. But Bill Clinton got impeached. It means nothing. He'll just he'll still be in the same spot. But. What is really going to be done? And then I hope the vitriol that people have against what he has tried to push thus far extends for the next four years. It just it, it has to be a lot of passion and a lot of things that have to fall into place. Do you think it's going to stop? Like, this is him in four days. But, well, well, here's what I think. I think Trump, sooner or later, an advisor is going to have to sit him down and going to explain to him, you can't 
do this. And while, while he may say, fuck you, yes, I can. The thing is, is that somebody's going to get in his ear about an approval rating and somebody's going to get in his ear about you're going to have to appease. But, you know, I mean, st- stick by your guns, but you're going to have to not be so abrasive. And he may lighten his stance in some areas um, and I, because I think that's necessary for him to be the president. But as, as of right now, I you're mean, you're thinking the, as a politician, he's yeah, not a well, politician and had never been one. Well, that's my point is, is that the president doesn't hold all the power. And we all know that the president's never held all the power. He's got people to answer to. He's got a Congress and Senate, even though they're both red. They're, they're both. He still has to answer to them. You know, he's going to have, you know, Mike Pence beneath him. Like he's going to have people in his ear explaining to him, like, dude, you have to calm down because understandably he's reckless. But I think he'll get reeled in at a certain point. And, and when I say reeled in, I don't think it's going to be something where he's going to be a normal president because he's by far the least normal president that we've ever had. Like Ronald Reagan was an actor and he was fucking ridiculous. But this is this is <laughs> next level shit. So I just think I mean, we just have to stay vigilant and loud but more importantly, a candidate needs to come to the forefront within the next two years to present a viable threat. Because it's one thing they want to get Trump out of there, but you have to vote for somebody else to unseat him. And well, the, At so- this point, he's working his way out. A trained monkey is going to be able to unseat him at this point because he's alienating so many different groups. So, what, 53% of white women voted for him, right? That number is going to take a drastic dip. And we saw that with the Women's March. But you're assuming that number is going to take a drastic dip. See, the thing you have to assume is that people are going to go back out to vote because they didn't vote this time. As mad as people are, because we they didn't slept, vote. fell asleep on the job. Yeah, so so you can't assume that he's going to turn white women against him. Like you can't assume that the people that voted for him, he's going to they're going to turn against him. They're going to stick with him. They're going to be vigilant. Like they're going to stand by him. So the, the the thing is, is that more of us need to actually go out and vote. More yeah. minorities, more women. More, you know, just I mean, you have to convince people to go out and vote. Because Sign people, the pipeline shit. Everyone who's protesting that for what a year. Yeah, but it's just like you have to stick to your guns. Like talking is one thing, marching is one thing, but you have to vote. In th- in this instance, like there's a lot of people who don't believe in the voting process, and I'm I'm one of them to a certain degree. That I'm I'm not a big fan of the voting process. I think the electoral college is bullshit. However, what does it hurt me to go vote? So it's like you have to convince people to go vote. In order to, to at least make your voices heard, because all Trump is going to do is lie and give his fake news and alternative facts and all these things. If we're still running silent, we can go out and march and do all the things we want. But there has to be some action behind that. And there has to be you have to vote for your local politicians. You have to vote to get a change in Congress and Senate. Like you, you have to vote for your local governors, mayors. Like you have to be active in more places than just the presidency. And I think a lot of people don't realize that they're just really mad right now. <laughs> well, hopefully we. This is what it takes to bring attention to that. Because one thing is, people got comfortable. Yeah. And this, if not for anything else, is one hell of a shakeup. And a yeah, shakeup that can be felt for quite some time. Um, let's talk about all the funny shit that happened, though. So, Melania Trump, first first lady, she gets out the whip, right? So, she's, she's feeling nice. She got the little gift. Trump gets out first. Instead of waiting and be like, hey, this is my wifey. He just bounces on her. Yeah, he don't she, do shit. She, she has to walk up to First Lady and Obama, President Obama. And she's just like, hey, you know, I'm just in the background. Like, hey, here's your gift. Um, she mean mugs him. And that's one of my favorite videos of the weekend. Smiling crazy hard in his face. Turns around mean mugging. Uh, that's not looking too great. I, I'm not going to lie. It doesn't look like she wants to be there. 
She doesn't. I'm I mean, not sure she, if he wants to be there. But she wants to be the second lady. Like his daughter is the real first lady. So you know, Melania is just she's like an immigrant waiting to be deported. So <laughs> she's just waiting, making sure her name ain't called next. Um, yeah. Press secretary line. How you get caught in a lie first day? Because they don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he's lied like three times. He's been on a job four days. We it's, do that shit in our job. We never get to write again. It's, dude, I mean, once Trump won, it, all bets were off. Like, <laughs> nobody plays by the same rules anymore. This guy just came out in straight up total fib. It's like, man, do you have any humility? Absolutely not. They don't. They don't give a shit. Alternative facts is the best shit ever, though. It's like, it yo, really- I'm never lying again, by the way. Never now, how do you, you hear war- me say I lie. Like, so, how- alternative facts. How do you go to war with Fox News? I mean, with CNN on Twitter? Like, Yo, what president does this? Trump is at war with the media. I was like, oh, is that real? Like, okay, we're at war then. Like, what does this mean for us? I, it, it's scary that he said that publicly because, honestly, and I said this in our group chat, you know, amongst some of us, is that, man, it, it's getting to the point where I'm not surprised if he tries to push legislation to punish what is said in the media because his mentality is one of war. And taking away, you know, rights that our country's been built on and freedom of speech and, you know, even, you know, right to protest and, and just gather and all that stuff. He, these are fundamental things where he's brash enough to try to take away. And he's hinting towards that on Twitter. On Twitter. It's the most ridiculous shit ever. No, it's, I mean, it's awful, man. It's awful. Um, shout out to Chris Hetmissel. Your your family has abandoned you, and you didn't even get a handshake. That's what you get. Uh, shout out to uh, Kanye West. You're not Ameri- traditionally American enough to get an invite. That's what your ass get. Floyd Mayweather was there, and Kanye can't go. It, duh. It, because, I mean, you know, I can't even explain why. Floyd Mayweather is just filthy rich, but and that's why he's there. So fuck him, too. Um, shout out to Stacey Dash, who they don't need a black representative on Fox anymore because Trump won. So get your ass out the door. So shout out to you for, for getting the door hitting your ass on the backside. Yeah, All she these, was temporarily Caucasian and then yeah. got real woke up real quick. Like, but the interesting thing is, um, so I don't know if the listeners saw my article on Two Dope Boys about uh, the people, you know, an open letter to these these people who say give Trump a chance, uh, the mediocre Negroes. Um, the comment section in that article was mind blowing to me because there were so many people who were like, well, he's our president, respect him. There were so many people that were saying, you know, why, why are you talking about politics? Like there's so many stupid fucking people in this world that don't realize that everything is politics to a certain degree. Politics always starts up top. And then as you go down the ladder, that's when people start saying, I don't want to hear politics in my shit. But politics is your life. Politics dictates what you eat, what car you drive, the house that you live in, your credit card interest rates. Like, I don't understand. Like, in hip-hop, people don't understand how that's, that's feasible. But hip-hop was built on a political stance. So it's like, come on, man. Y'all got to cut this shit out. And for, for y'all hip-hop heads or rappers who are out here saying, you know, give Trump a chance, fuck y'all. I didn't even <laughs> they didn't give Barack Obama a chance. As soon as he got in, they were like, yo, he's not even from this country. Where's his birth certificate? I'm not listening to him. He's divisive. He's a race baiter. So why do I have to listen to your president? Why do I need to give him a chance? I'm not. I never. I said. I, I never said I was, and I'm not going to. I don't believe in that shit. Listen, I haven't bought an album, physically bought an album in forever. Shout out to Apple Music. But I will buy whoever's album drops the "fuck Trump" and the "click" he claims as their first line on their single. 
Like, you, you come out with that, I, I'm in there. Shout out to YG for blessing us with the intro song. It, it really is a great title, by the way, on your article. <laughs> Mediocre <laughs> Negroes, it just lies. Hey, that's um, Mark Lamont Hill. I can't, can't take credit. When Mark Lamont Hill said that, on, I think it was on CNN. During one of the debates, he called them mediocre Negroes, and I damn near fell out my damn. <laughs> that shit is hilarious, but that's yo, that's real. Like, you know what? At, at this point, you can't even be neutral because he's not neutral. Exactly. So it's just fuck him for the next four years for everything he does afterwards. I I hope he gets put in the Royal Rumble twelve years from now, and someone fucking Shane McMahon's him. And just concussed him at like 80 years old. Because I don't give a fuck. Like, these next four years, we are checked out. The only thing we're doing is stuff to oppose him. And not just yeah. us, the world. We saw a women's march that, one, one, took over D.C. Bigger than the inauguration crowd. And two, spanned every single state in the U.S., Spanned all seven continents. There were people in Antarctica supporting yeah. the women's march against Trump. Fuck him. And everyone knows it. And sure. we've gone from, oh, you guys let him win. Ha ha. You know, we're the butt of the joke around the world. To, oh shit, he won. It's no longer a joke. We're all against him. We're all standing up. And it's going to be like that for four years. So if you listen to podcasts and you voted for Trump, we appreciate your listen. But fuck that. Like, it really is. Like, we can't we can't do it. Yeah. I mean, like I've said before, if you have friends that voted for Trump, it's time to cut them off. And, Kel, I know you've been going through it on Facebook. But it's oh, man. It's, <laughs> it's just to, to one of these things where people will say, okay, well, you know, it's just my vote. But what you support and what you endorse, because that's the scary thing. It's not really about Trump because Trump's a politician. He's going to say what he's, whatever he's going to say. But it's about the people who support Trump. You're the people that scare me the most. Because, like, for instance, the executive order that, for, that, it causes, that may cause FHA loans to increase, that's a problem for people who are homeowners. And the, the silent majority is middle America who this executive order would directly affect. And you don't even understand that shit. I know you, voting- just, you just got the crib. Does that change your rates or are you locked into your rates and only affects new homeowners? Well, it's for new homeowners, right? So All if you're right, a new so you, homeowner, you're good. I'm not buying a home. I'm a rent for the next four years. So if you, well, look, look, you might want to look into to buying in the next few years because the market's going to crash. I'm almost, <laughs> I'm a, going to almost guarantee that. But because I mean, Trump can't keep his own businesses up. How is he going to uphold the housing market? Well, I'm, I mean, he's putting most of our funds into building a wall that we're going to get reimbursed for. Like, yeah, I mean, we're writing, like, yo, an IOU? They're going to give us an IOU. Mexico ain't paying for shit. Trust me, man. This is uh, this next four years. Be very, pay close attention to the economy. Pay close attention to the housing market. Just, play, like, watch these things very closely. I don't think he understands that illegal immigrants aren't necessarily a downturn for the economy. They're oh, no, cheap he, labor. They, they bring in and they do a lot of the jobs that keep the economy afloat the manual labor jobs and get paid a lot less for him. So he's worried about paying health care for illegal immigrants. I Listen, man, I've lived in Vegas all my life. I lived in Northtown. I lived in New York. I've seen nothing but immigrants. And I ain't seen one take a day off yet. They got to put food on the table. So, like, I, I'm not sure how much medical bills he thinks he's spending for these people. Um, a lot pay taxes. My 
uh, I have a friend who's a really close friend who's Mexican, and he his father is illegal, but he's worked for 25 years here, and he uses his brother, who is now a U.S. citizen, he uses his social security number while he works so he can pay taxes. Volunteering Dude. to pay taxes. Crazy. <laughs> you got to understand, like, this isn't just against legal immigrants. It's, it's, there's so many things that you have to unpack when you talk about what Trump is it, the things that he is discussing. I mean, it's not it's not illegal immigrants from like Ireland. It's illegal immigrants from Mexico. Yeah, because his wife and, is an illegal immigrant. There. <laughs> it's black and brown illegal immigrants. It's though it's the process of getting your visa renewed and your green card. It, it's uh, all these things like the nuances of immigration, the nuances of healthcare are what most Americans don't understand. Like because because people jumped up was like oh. He signed an executive order um, to repeal Obamacare. Well, it's not that easy. You can't just appeal about, repeal Obamacare. And you have to understand what he is doing. He's trying to make it cheaper for big businesses to pay health insurance for, for, uh, for, their, co- for their workers. And by doing that, because big businesses contribute to the Affordable Health Care Act. So if you take that away, it saves them money. People don't understand what he's doing. He's trying to make the rich richer and the poor poor. But he's doing it under this guise, this masquerade that – you too can one day be a billionaire like Donald Trump. So by you aspiring to do that, you'll you'll vote against everything that is your livelihood. Well, I you'll mean, it's not the first time this happened, too. I swear to God, people oh. don't read books. Like, the trickle-down theory, trickle-down economy is one of my favorite parts of, like, U.S. history class in, like, 10th, 11th grade. And the fact that people actually believe the shit would work. And then... By the time, you know, World War One kicks in, so they're like, oh, the comedy's great, it's booming, and it's like, it trickle-down works, and then there's no war, and we have a great depression, because there ain't shit else, it doesn't work. Not everyone can be millionaires. Not everyone no, can be billionaires. So that's, not, that's what capitalism is built upon. Capitalism is, capitalism is not built upon the concept of everybody being a millionaire. You have to have a top, and you have to have a bottom. It's the only way it works. Yeah, so it, people are ridiculous with that notion, and... It, sadly, it's only going to get worse. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah. And is. we're in for it for the next three to four years. And I'm sure this won't be our only podcast talking about Trump. Um, no, no. Yeah, we spent a few minutes talking about it. Is there one other thing before we get into combat sports, I know our listeners are like, dude, I want to know about the Royal Rumble. Hold on. <laughs> the Oscar <laughs> nominations just came out. And there are so many black nominees this year that I was, I'm kind of happy, right? Moonlight, which I just saw over the weekend, which is a phenomenal movie. Um, Moonlight got nominated. Hidden Figures, which nobody anticipated. A movie about women doing math. Black women doing math. Yeah, I saw that in theaters. Was that good? Have you seen it? I haven't watched it yet. I haven't watched it yet. You know what? I've been wanting to check out this new Eclipse Theater here in Vegas. I might have to go watch that there. Just because it looks really good. Yeah, I'm going to check it out probably this weekend. Um, I'm going to start doing my Oscar watching this weekend to catch up. Uh, Moonlight, Fences, which I'll also be watching this weekend, also got nominated. Denzel Washington, um, not you know, best I mean, director though, which is odd. What? It's it's a stat category, but ultimately, the Oscar so white thing has come back around and boomerang, and now we have a lot of nominees, and people are satisfied. However, we need to win these categories. Yeah, <laughs> Getting nominated. La La is, is Land great. is going to clean up. Uh, uh, La La Land is a musical, which is also in my queue to watch this weekend. La La Land is a musical about jazz with Ryan Gosling and other white people. Listen, first off, I one of my favorite movies is Crazy Stupid Love. So I will never 
badmouth Ryan Gosling or Emma Stone being in a movie together. I don't even gotta watch this shit. So I already know that I'm probably gonna like it. I like musicals traditionally. Um, it, it's just, it's my wave. So I'm probably going to like La La Land. Does it deserve 14 nominations? Probably not. Uh, you know, hopefully a couple of the black movies like sneak in. Uh, 14 seems a lot for any movie though. It's, I mean, it's the most. It, it tied with Titanic and I cannot remember the other movie off the top of my head. Um, but, you know, Hollywood it hits a lot of categories though. Yeah, Hollywood historically enjoys musicals. Remember, like, Chicago. I mean, yeah. historically, musicals perform well. But, you know, I'm not going to judge it until I watch it. I need to watch that in Manchester by the Sea. As you guys know, I'm a movie buff. I watch these things. Um, but before I pass my judgment, I need to watch these movies. But just me watching Moonlight the other night and talking to my wife about it and the, the narrative, I mean, it's such a good movie that it's hard for... I mean, you never have seen a movie like this before. How's my right? dude from Luke Cage? He's, I mean, he's only, well, I don't want to give away too much. It's not like he's in the entire movie, like front to back. He's a okay. supporting actor. But his performance is so impactful in the moments that he is on the screen that it's hard to not deny him, the, to deny him this award. It's going to be really tough because, I mean, he's that good. But again, it, it, I mean, I'm proud. I'm happy to see so much representation this year. I hope, you know, I hope some African-Americans take some awards home for once and we don't have to have this conversation next year. So just want to say that. And next week, I want to uh, like it hasn't completed yet. So I don't want to talk about this week. Next week, we're going to have to talk about the new edition story. Not this week. I got to see the whole thing. Yeah. Wait, it, it doesn't complete for two more weeks. All right. It's three part it, episode or three part it, series. Is it the next three days or is it the next three weeks? Next three weeks, right? I thought it was every Tuesday. Oh, man. Oh, is I'm, it? Listen, don't let me lie to you. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Listen, if it's three days no, in a row. it's I three mean, days. It's the next three days. It's a miniseries today, which is Wednesday is part two. Thursday will be the final part, part two. Okay. All right. I like that. Cool, cool. So we in there. Yeah, we'll talk about that. I saw episode one. Um, my young dude from Stranger Things is in there. Shout out to the Bronx. He grew up like right up the block. I know his pops for like ever. Um, so no, that's cool. Cool. Caleb is the kid's name. He's doing his thing. Very good actor. It was very good in the first part. So yeah, we'll talk about that next week. Uh, we might have to throw a little new addition into the intro. Andres, yeah. if you want to, you know, sing a little bit. No. No, but I will perform. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if it isn't love, because I've known that routine front to back since the kids. My favorite new addition song. See? If okay. It isn't love. Hands down, my favorite new edition song. People love Can You Stand the Rain, but Boys the Men on the Evolution album completely bodied that song and took ownership of it, so it's not my favorite new edition song anymore. <laughs> it's going to always be If It Isn't Love, and that is my shit. We got to hit up Johnny a karaoke sooner or later. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm telling you. We'll invite fans out, you know, hit the karaoke, you got to do new edition, dance moves and all. Yeah. It's- <laughs> all right. So let's talk about what we came here to discuss. All right. So we got to talk about combat sports. It's Royal Rumble weekend. So we're going to lead off with WWE, something we haven't done in forever. Um, man, there's so much to talk about. I just finished writing an article, fantasy booking the entire Royal Rumble, and my mind hurts because there's so many different possibilities. And to tie in everyone's storylines and their feuds heading into Mania, and I have a couple, you know, I don't want to say off-the-wall predictions. I, people listening to this show, it's like, oh, what's new Kel? But right. um, for the feuds heading into Mania, which we'll talk about, and where the people go from here. But let's start off somewhere easy. 
NXT San Antonio preview. It's first up on the weekend. It's Saturday. It's not what we usually expect from an NXT card. No, NXT hasn't been what we usually expect. It's, it, I think I mentioned this last time. It has. It hasn't been like musty television in quite a while now. Like I watch it, but it's like now I watch it on like Friday. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I watch it. I like watch it whenever I can. Like 205 Live, I have not watched in like two weeks. But like NXT, I, I'll watch it. But it, it's 205 not, Live has been good, yo. Has I, I need to catch it? I, I love that. the Cedric Alexander angle, but we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean the the card itself is on paper is one of the weakest takeover cards we've seen since the beginning of t- takeover um that doesn't mean it's gonna be bad it's just you know they got some work to do they got some rehabbing to do in nxt uh, a lot of the talent is bumped up and it seems like you know they get they have to establish some new stars the women's division is looking pretty rough um authors of pain are just they're they're the ascension 2.0 in my mind so it's like it's gonna be real rough oh um, don't do that to them Oh. Dude, they're not good when you watch them. At least they're big dudes. God. Yeah, but the essentially were big dudes. Like they're and then having Paul Ellering unnecessarily be a part of them because he's not even really a good mouthpiece for them. It's the authors of pain are just kind of trash to me. Anyway, let's just go through the card. <laughs> um all right. So they have, and I don't even think this is gonna be a televised match, but it's on the card. Roderick Strong versus Andre Andrade Cien Almas. Um, Roddy's still new. Almas has to go over in this heel character. I'm I'm okay with Almas still. They just got to figure out exactly what they do with him. Uh, I would love to see him throw the mask back on uh, during this heel run. A heel luchador character is something we haven't seen in forever. Um, yeah, they're since, always since faces. Like, yeah, since like Psychosis and all those guys. Yeah, but... like WCW days. So, I mean, I would love to see that. But however they go with him, he has time. He's 26 years old. So he's learning English. He's 26. I like the the heel character. He's a little bit, you know, Alberto Del Rio, where he breaks out into the Spanish during his promos and stuff. I like it. I, he just needs to come out and say, fuck Trump. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to go with Roddy Strong here. I think this uh, C- uh, Cien Almas angle is probably the worst booked gimmick of 2016. And we, we should have done like a best and worst uh, for 2016. Yeah. yeah. Okay, just by overall. the way, Braun Strowman wins mine. The for worst or the best, best for best. Well, yeah, his I mean, gimmick he, change and character change has been the best of the year. He's been big, booked beautifully, but Almas has been terrible. Horrible. Like, every, the way that they've handled him has been bad, and I don't know if you can necessarily rehab him at the expense of Roderick Strong. But the problem with Roderick Strong is kind of what I mentioned before: is he just he kind of looks like an everyday guy. Um, nothing really jumps out at you when you look at Roddy. But in order for him to be more than enhancement talent, he's going to have to perform. So I'm going to pick him to go over. Because Cian Almas, just, just, it's just been a trash angle since day one. Yeah, I think they're going to figure it out. I think he's leaning more towards the Del Rio character. Um, I think he got rid of the suspenders, I believe. Uh, it's just going to, they're going to work their way towards a legit character. They just didn't know what to do with him yet. But he's young enough where you don't have to. Uh, it's kind of the Bray Wyatt effect. It's mess up while they're young. You have another decade worth of a good character if you find it, and it clicks. Um, Tyler Breeze went through the same thing, even though he got lost on the main roster shuffle. Um, but for a second, that character clicked, and he did well. So they have time. Next matchup, EY, Eric Young versus Ty Dillinger, the perfect 10. I'm actually excited to see this match because Ty Dillinger is an incredible enhancement talent, and we haven't seen what Eric Young has to offer yet. Um, he's a good mouthpiece for Sanity. 
Sanity is kind of like, you know, the new age Wyatt family, which is cool because the Wyatt family is kind of a hodgepodge now. So we need that next anarchy style group. They've always worked well, whether it was, you know, Undertaker and the ministry, um, what the Raven and his flock, the Wyatt family. I always like groups like that. So I'm excited to see what Sanity brings. Eric Young really has to stand out. Yeah, I mean, I think... You know, Tad Dillinger losing doesn't affect him. No, it's um, his curtain call. Sami Zayn lost his curtain calls. Everyone loses their curtain call, right? Finn is lost. It really, is it definitely his curtain call? Uh, when we get to my Royal Rumble predictions, I would like you're to say pre- yes. You're predicting a curtain call. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I think, you know, either way it goes, Dillinger doesn't need to go over on Eric Young. Whether he stays in NXT or goes, he doesn't need to. Eric Young needs to establish sanity. He's they, We need more heels established. Eric Young has managed to be a good heel when he was in TNA. So he's got to go over here. Um, by hook or crook, he's going to have to go over. And, you know, what they've been teasing with Sanity, uh, some people hate this faction, but I actually don't mind them. I think they can be, you know, a good, a good hand um, into boosting some faces and, and kind of um, making some desperate baby faces need some help to create more baby faces. So yeah, they just need more mic time. Like a, a, yeah. a group like that and a cause like that, just like I mentioned, Bray Wyatt, The Flock, all these things, they had mic time. Their leader, whether it was Raven or Bray Wyatt or any, had mic time. And then you realize their cause. And that's all EY needs. He needs more mic time. And we still get it as, you know, talent moves around and they move up the card. Um, I expect to see Damo come out and just wreck Ty Dillinger at some point. And Damo is the truth. So, yeah. um, talk about totally. a big bruiser. That, that guy... He's wildly athletic for his size, too. Um, yeah. Him versus Strowman down the line would be one hell of a few. It so. might be boring as hell. It's two big guys wrestling kind of sucks. But yeah, anyway. Dave, Damo's a different type of big guy. I, I, I'll tell you, I just went crazy with my British-UK wrestling fix because of that tournament. So the kid can go. Um, next fight, we have Asuka versus Nikki Cross from Sanity. And Nikki Cross is extremely talented versus Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. The Australians who kind of suck, but I guess they have to have their time. I mean, there's is there any doubt anybody's going to Oscars wins this match? Um, no, unless Nikki Cross somehow throws Oscar out of the ring and pins Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. It's the only way to get the belt off of Oscar without her technically losing. Yeah, but why would you even want to take the belt off of Oscar right now? No, That's... I mean you don't. You really don't want to. I'm just saying. Yeah. There's a scenario where it's possible. I'm not picking that shit. I think Oscar wins. <laughs> yeah, I just don't see any scenario where Oscar loses this match. Yeah, um, I don't I think, think she pins kinda... Nikki Cross either. I, I think Nikki You're goes right. into a feud with Billy Kay and Peyton Royce or something because they're idiots. Yeah, I, I think ultimately this was kind of a, a sense of like we have nobody for Oscar to wrestle. Which we had Mickey James at the last eight. They really run thin. And, you know, trying to wait this Ember Moon WrestleMania angle out um, is what they're doing. So she's going to go over. She's just proving that she's good. It's weird how Asuka went from kind of a, a, a shithead baby face, <laughs> like a real douchebag. And now she's back, like, back to like white meat baby face again. Like when she beat Mickey James, she was kind of a dirk about it. But now yeah. she's just kind of like, you know, hey, baby face Asuka. She's got a, the odds stacked against her, like the John Cena type of role now. But um yeah she comes out on top of this match yep um co-main diy versus the authors of pain i have yet to see a bad diy match so i'm gonna say it's gonna be pretty good they're gonna make authors of pain look good um i expect authors of pain to snag the titles though 
Oh, God. I hope not. I hope that somebody's sitting there in gorilla and like, change the plans. Can't do this. <laughs> like, you can't do this. So send authors of pain to the main roster. Leave DIY where they're at so we can create another workhorse tag team to take the tag team titles. It, it's weird. It's interesting how we went from um, the American Alpha to the Revival to DIY. And if we go to the Authors of Pain, it's going to stagnate the division. Because we, we haven't even seen the Authors of Pain really wrestle anything longer than, what, 20 minutes? And even at that, all they do is like these powerhouse moves. They don't sell shit. So, no, they no-sell everything. I think that's yeah. their characters. It's just not. It's not fun. Like they're they're more of a WWE main roster type of tag team. So I'm I'm of the mindset that I hope DIY wins. I hope somebody makes the decision to change whatever booking that you thought was going to be right with Authors of Pain because it was the worst match at Takeover. Uh, Toronto was Authors of Pain in uh, TM61. So don't don't do it, guys. That had please. some amazing spots though. They did like the double. Yeah, but it wasn't thanks to Authors of Pain. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> by no means, but. <laughs> TF61 sold the hell out of that shit. At yeah. one point, I thought one of them was going to get killed. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's amazing. I, it was the worst match, but I enjoyed the match. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think Arthur Payne go over and they let the chips fall where they may. Maybe a rematch. Um, maybe they go into a feud with the Revival. I don't know what's happening with the Revival now. So, um, that could go either way because the Authors of Pain are a different type of heel faction they're monster heels so they can feud with other heels and make them more sympathetic they can feud with baby faces it's always a good spot to be put in um the main event for the nxt championship we have shinsuke nakamura versus bobby Roode. battle of the entrances we gotta see what they have in store for these two guys and then the match is going to be kind of like we saw at the house show which wasn't bad no it wasn't bad it's all right Probably seen better knock <laughs> matches. That, that's that's my problem. It's, it's going to be a decent match. It, it might be borderline good, but it's not going to be phenomenal. Um, I'm thinking Nakamura because I don't think that there has been enough heat built in this feud to make sense for a title change. Uh, and it, it's like a, it's like a this feud is just kind of happening because unlike the Joe Nakamura feud where there was true heat between those two characters, and Joe props to him for selling the shit out of his role, um, switching from being the you know, a uh, remorseful heel that, you know, just wants to get his respect to flipping the switch and being a complete shithead that wants to destroy him. Joe was the perfect foil for Nakamura. Bobby Roode, on the other hand, I, not yet. He's not there to take the title yet. The thing with Bobby Roode, though, being 39, damn near 40, if it's not yet, then when? Um, well, again, he's a, main, he's a main roster guy in my mind. I don't think he ever needs to hold the NXT title. He's like a ravishing recruit. He never held the, the, the world heavyweight title. He doesn't need it. His character is already there. He can do much better on the main roster. But he's got to go through, you know, the tropes of being in NXT. So I think Nakamura is going to win. If Nakamura doesn't win, I'll be really, really surprised. Fair enough. Fair enough. So we went through TakeOver. We're not going to be able to watch TakeOver. We're going to be at a boxing match. Yes, Carl Frampton and Leo Santa Cruz, yes. which I'm actually very excited about. So that means that we're going to have about, what, eight hours, nine hours of wrestling to watch on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, good yeah. thing there's no football. So I'm going to start watching wrestling at 10 a.m. Um, next up, we have to recap Raw before we get into the Rumble itself. Rollins versus Zayn, great match on Raw. Great match on Raw. I'm 
little confused at how long they've they've extended this uh, um, this uh, Seth Rollins Triple H thing. Like we've known since got extended for two more months, three more dude, months. Since, since September, we've known that this is going to be the feud heading into WrestleMania. So for Seth Rollins to not be involved in the Royal Rumble kind of sucks. Because I'd mm. like to see him in the Royal I'd like to see him in the Royal Rumble. I'm picking him to be in the Royal Rumble, by the way. How? I think he's kind of goes against the will of Stephanie McMahon. He enters the Royal Rumble, and then that's the last straw between Triple H coming out on Monday Night Raw and saying Rollins you're out of control and sparking their feud. Yeah, I don't think they need it. I think the feuds are expired. I don't think he's gonna be in the Royal Rumble. I think Sami Zayn being in the Royal Rumble speaks volumes and maybe you know, we get a promo out of Seth Rollins that sets up this feud. I don't know. Um, Seth is going to do something. They don't leave Seth off the card in general. No, he doesn't. I mean, there's something I do something with him. Um, but Raw this week was, uh, uh, you know, it was all part time. Every- it was all part time. <laughs> everything at the end of the show, we had three part timers in the ring, um, staring each other down, and none of them are going to win the Royal Rumble. No. I don't think. And we have a concussed Goldberg. Oh my god! Can we talk about that <laughs> terrible promo? Yo, I know he was back there. Like they didn't make doors like this when I was in WCW. Word, like, Cleveland's doors are reinforced. Jesus Christ! He lit himself <laughs> up, got on the mic, and was just and was gone. He was, uh, he, was <laughs> he thought it was ninety seven again. He had no clue where he was. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a bad promo. It still wasn't as bad as like Titus O'Neil or Kalisto's promos from last year. No, still, but you know, still, Vince was just. And Gorilla just yelling like, someone get Heyman out there. Yeah, and hurry. Just, yeah, hurry up. Just throw him out there. Um, yeah, but I mean, Raw as a whole, yeah, very hit or miss. Um, as a go-home show, it was like, whatever. Um, um, Charlotte Jericho ba- was okay. I didn't Rain's, mind that. Yeah, it was cool. Um, I don't know, man. It's just, Raw, it seems like Raw is the, uh, somebody from Raw is the only person that can win the Royal Rumble. Because SmackDown doesn't feel like it's centered around the Royal Rumble like Raw has. No, because they got a pay-per-view two weeks after. So they're right. building for the pay-per-view already. So what the hell is the point of having anybody in SmackDown in the Royal Rumble if it doesn't even feel like they have a chance at winning this shit? Just to put bodies in the ring? Yeah. Like, you got to like, fill out 30, 30 roster spots. Like, yeah. I, I, I get it. It just doesn't feel like when you, like when you watch SmackDown, you don't go... like. Like you said, when, when you mentioned Roman Reigns being in the Royal Rumble, you don't look at John Cena and AJ Styles and say, one of them is going to be in the Royal Rumble. Like, because you don't, it, it doesn't really cross your mind for either of them to be in the Royal Rumble because, it, like, the whole SmackDown hasn't centered around this Royal Rumble. It's centered around AJ Styles and John Cena. It's centered around Dolph Ziggler's heel turn. It's centered around, like, they had a battle royal with Mojo Rawley winning. Mojo Rawley won. Like, Woo! You got to stay no- hype, bro. <laughs> nothing on SmackDown it, it gives me an inkling that somebody from that show can win the Royal Rumble. Because, I mean, The Miz is stuck in a feud with Dean Ambrose. I just don't see how they can go another route. You they know, have to go with somebody else. The hardest thing so far for me to predict in my Royal Rumble predictions and fantasy booking was the 14th spot. In the 14th spot, I put Apollo Crews. Trash. I had to put a note in there that says, don't be surprised if this is Kane and not Apollo Crews. Yeah. And I'm just trying to speak it into existence. Because at this point, I have no faith. I mean, he's setting up for his own feud um, with Ziggler 
I guess so. <laughs> we do. Is that on the pre-show or just not happening? No, it's, it's not gonna happening. Play it out the, it's it's going to be at the, the yeah, it's going to play out at the, the pay-per-view, Elimination Chamber. Well, no, I'm just saying it'll play out, like, it'll actually play out in the Royal Rumble. You know, that's where a lot of the Oh, angles. yeah, that's that's what I put it in there. So, like, maybe you know, he'll eliminate Ziggler and Ziggler gets pissed and they go into it. Yeah, so. Yes, okay. it should play out in the Rumble as well. But, um, yeah, their solo match, no, definitely not. But yeah, no, it, it'll be in the Rumble, which okay. makes sense. That I mean, it needs to be. Right. Um, okay. Yeah, after that, ain't shit else happening on SmackDown, right? Am I missing something? No, I mean, oh, John women, Cena oh, with, Becky Lynch. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Uh, John Cena with a, with a solid promo on AJ Styles about being built for WWE and not having to go through the Indies. Eh. I mean, Randy Orton uh, throttling Luke Harper and then Bray Wyatt also. Uh, given the sister Abigail to Luke Harper, which which is also mind-boggling to me because I'm like, well, what's Luke Harper as a singles wrestler? And does this Wyatt thing really have legs or does it, do they have like a triple threat at some point? I don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, no, nah, they have to have a triple threat, right? Because I, I see Bray Wyatt turning on Randy Orton in the Rumble. Yeah, it's possible. Creating another storyline. <laughs> um, I actually predicted that... Orton eliminates Harper. Bray enters like seven spots later and eliminates Orton. You, I mean, you were really thorough with this, and you're probably just going to be wrong all across the board. Oh, I'm going to be wrong everywhere because Vince hates me. But it's super thorough, and everything is set up for every feud to play out. It's too logical, and that's why I'm going to be wrong. He's probably going to end up giving that shit to Goldberg and then Goldberg win or something. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. So, I mean, so ultimately, Raw and SmackDown, you know, they were relatively uneventful. Um, the stare down at the end of Raw was like, wow, okay. This is cool, but what are they going to do with that? Um, exactly. At one point, I guess the, all three of them will be in the ring together. Uh, and who knows how that plays out. So, sh- should we uh, predict the Royal Rumble now? Yes, let's go right into it. So, Royal Rumble, um, well, we'll go through the regular matches first before we get to the Rumble match because that shit is crazy. Um... We have Becky Lynch versus Nikki Bella and Naomi. No, Becky Lynch, Nikki Bella, and Naomi versus Alexa Bliss, Mickey James, and Natalia. Who cares? Becky Lynch goes over. <laughs> um, I, really? I, yeah, I, I, I'm guessing you don't want to venture a prediction. <laughs> Do you care well, about this? I don't care about this, but explain why you think this is going to happen. Why Becky is going to go over? Yeah. Um, just because it sets up the angle of her taking the belt off of Alexa Bliss and then her and Mickey James going into WrestleMania. They didn't bring Mickey James back for an Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. Um, Becky Lynch has been cheated several times. Uh, the, the face team usually wins these six women tag matches. So I'll give it to Becky Lynch. Leading to Becky Lynch versus Alexa Bliss at Elimination Chamber. Where Mickey James tries to interfere. It goes wrong. Becky Lynch wins the title. And it's Becky versus Mickey into WrestleMania. Done. Whew. There you go. So you, so, which I agree with, but, so you have uh, Nikki Bella nowhere near this title heading into WrestleMania. Oh, no, no, by no means. Mm. They're still, they're still just rolling on. I mean, can she wrestle yet? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I, no, Nikki James came back. She kind of bumped Nikki Bella. I'm, listen, she's not on Total Divas anymore. Total just, Bellas was whack. Like, her push isn't what it was pre-injury she's still nikki C- bella cena's a part-timer like she, she don't got that anymore 
Fair enough. I mean, I agree with you. I just, you know, WWE logic says otherwise and says I, it should I be, be somewhere su- near that title. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe like a SummerSlam, her versus Mickey James, if the rosters don't change much. You know, if Oscar doesn't move up or something. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised to see that. But right now, nah. Not coming okay. off of a few with Natalia. Well, I agree with you. So uh, let's move on. Next one Rich Swan versus Neville. I've loved all the Cruiserweight works. Um, 205 Live is super dope to me. So. Uh, I might be in a minority there, but I liked all three angles that they've played off of so far in three in two or five lives. So I'm picking Neville to beat Rich Swan, though. Yeah, I mean Neville being the heel, like he's the face of two or five live. Like without Neville and having a bunch of baby faces to try to chase him, what the hell's the point? So yeah, Neville's going over. I mean, I just I don't see any point in uh, Rich Swan doing winning this match for why. Unless all you're going to do is piss Neville off some more and have him destroy people, but that's what he's already doing. So, yeah, Neville's got to go over. Yeah, Neville goes over. I just don't know who goes next to chase Neville for the title. Um, Both Cedric Alexander and Jack Gallagher have done a great job as faces in their rivalries. So I'm not sure who they put over next. Um, It's hard to deny Jack Gallagher at this point. Um, Yeah, he's super over. Yeah, next one, Charlotte Flair versus Bailey for the women's championship match. It's gotta be Charlotte. Yeah, I, it's not Bailey's time yet. Maybe no. maybe at Mania you play the, the female Daniel Bryan role. Um but not right now. Not right now. Yeah, I, I just don't see like as as passionate of a promo that Bailey cut, the fact that Charlotte's been undefeated at pay per views has gotta continue. Um, it seems too. It would be too abrupt to completely put a halt on that. And she's been too good as a heel. And her being a heel and beating Bailey would only make us sympathize with Bailey's plight more. Yeah. Like for Bailey to win, it's like that's that's the. She is like the Daniel Bryan character. She is the one that you want to see win. But you got to make the fans really want to see her win. And I don't think we've got to that fever pitch yet. So I'm picking no. Charlotte's goal. Exactly what they did in NXT, right? Built her up and made her lose a ton to Sasha. To, um, I mean, damn, she lost to everyone before she had like a string where she beat Becky, Charlotte, then Sasha, which was great. And it really invested you into the character. Right. Um, Sasha Banks versus Nia Jax, in which not- Sasha Banks is going to kill someone with those double knees one day. Yeah, um, she is. That she Meteora the, is crazy. You know, she hit it off the apron onto Nia Jackson. I was like, damn. Um, I expect Nia to win this match, though. I gotta, don't. Got to keep um, Nia strong. Nia is, she's awful. <laughs> like every She's not day, great right now. Like, her voice dude, doesn't match her heel, monster heel persona. Her moves don't match her size. Like, yeah. she's big, and it's like, her going over on size, which is, to me, because we're this close to WrestleMania season... If to have Nia Jax enter the title picture, which is unnecessary because Bailey and Charlotte, I believe, will feud into Mania. To have Nia in that picture and beating Sasha right now, I think would be a big mistake because you're you're you don't need to weaken Sasha's character. Well, you I think they're going to some- go four way into Mania though, which is very possible. I just don't like Nia's just bad, dude. <laughs> like she's just she's not great. The power bomb bad. was her best move, and she hasn't used a power bomb or a finisher in weeks. Um. Not even the squash matches. I, I don't understand. Uh, if they would have played like the exact same Strowman role for Nia, I would have liked it. Somewhere they went wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah we yeah. have Next, we have Cesaro and Sheamus versus Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson for the Raw Tag Team Championship. Wasn't this better when Cesaro and Sheamus were chasing the titles? Now it feels like a complete afterthought. 
Yeah, I mean... This shit is on the pre-show, goddammit. Yeah, like, it's time to break it up. Well, listen, American Alpha doesn't have a spot on the fucking card, so... At this point, they can't complain. I, I like, right now, without the New Day... Is, I didn't think I'd say this, but the New Day not holding the title is the worst thing that happened to the tag team titles on Raw. <laughs> All their titles are obsolete, besides... I mean, even the main one, even the Universal title is kind of like, ho-hum. Because Jericho yeah. eclipsed that... But he's not defi- he's not defending the United States title enough, so that one's ho hum. And then the tag championships, like okay, whatever. And the women's championship is still new with Charlotte versus Bailey, and people have a hangover from Charlotte versus Sasha for three months. But that's like the most meaningful title on Raw right now is the women's title. Only because one- you still remember the Sasha versus Charlotte matches. Yeah, but I you know, but Charlotte is such a good heel, and her character still remains strong. So that title means something. Kevin yeah. Owens, not his fault, but Kevin Owens has just been, they've made him look like a chicken shit champion. It's like the Seth Rollins effect all over again. Like, how is Jericho eclipsing you? Like, Owens has to turn on Jericho something fierce to set up this feud going into Mania if that's the route they're going to go. Yeah. Like, it can't be, they can't softball this. Like, Owens has to go back to Owens killing Sami Zayn in NXT. Like, that's the Owens we need to see for this, for this to pick up any momentum. Whether he's going to have the title after that or not, I don't know. I guess we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but, yeah, for these tag team titles, I'm just going to – I'm going to pick Cesaro and Sheamus because it, it would feel weird for them to lose the titles on a pre-show. I'm picking Gallows and Anderson. Um, pre-show or not, Gallows and Anderson, I understand they've been winning all the matches on Raw lately, which usually is a sign for them losing at the pay-per-view. I'm going the opposite direction. I think they're going to try to establish Gallows and Anderson as a legit tag team. I think Big Cass and Enzo are up next for a push. They need a heel faction to go against Jeez. them. Have they been? Wait, have Enzo and Cass been? They've been horribly booked. Oh, horrible. horribly! But I, like, I think it's it's time to flip the switch again. Um, Vince cool. fell in love with Big Cass. That's the problem. Yeah, but they. I mean, Enzo and Cass have cooled off immensely. Well, because like, Enzo's. A manager and Cass is the muscle. He's been doing singles work. It's it's dude. It's just bad. I mean, in, in my opinion, is they've cooled off a lot. Oh, the they crowd still have, pop crazy though. They're still they, they do, but as it's hot like, as ever with the crowd. It's weird because to have New Day embroiled in like a Titus O'Neil feud and not somehow get them involved with Enzo and Cass, like you gotta have two hot tag teams go at it to keep them them hot. They both cooled off. The New Day's cooled off. And Enzo and Cass is cooled off. But on your Gals and Anderson prediction, I, I, I feel like Gals and Anderson are a traditional tag team who deserve the titles. I just The fact that it's on a pre-show would just kind of cheapen their win. Like, it's like, well, they haven't it's booked like, them strong anyway. Yeah, but I just I don't want to see. Like, it just cheapens the championship even, even more. I would prefer if they actually won it, I don't know, at a pay-per-view. Like, I, just, you know, putting them... In a in a it's like winning on a dark match. It's like Diesel beating Bob <laughs> Backlund at a house show. Like I, I'm cool on that. Um, Cesaro and Sheamus both declared for the Royal Rumble match itself as well, which le- leads me to believe that there'll be some dysfunction and they oh, go single drop. <clears throat> yeah, can't wait to separate these two already. Yeah, I mean, they're once I saw them in the Royal Rumble, I was like, oh, they're giving up the tag team championships. Um, the only other match besides the Rumble match, uh, no, we have two. Uh, Styles versus Cena. Okay, so three weeks ago I said Cena was going to win this. In my, now I'm thinking AJ Styles has to win this because of the Elimination Chamber. Um, I think 
it makes <laughs> how many times can he beat Cena? This this has to set a record for the most time someone has beat Cena in a calendar year. True. Um and clean. I think I think they're really trying to establish AJ Styles as that guy. In in which he is. Because John Cena is about to film another movie. Um the it kind of I get why they would put Cena over heading into WrestleMania season if they're going to go to the Cena Undertaker route. But if they're not... Taker's been on Raw, though. So I don't even... I think they scrapped those plans. Well, unless Taker wins the Rumble, which is a possibility. But, it like, really what happens is whoever wins these two title matches kind of tips the hat of who's going to win the Rumble. Like, it kind of does. Not all the way. But I think AJ Styles is going to win. I, I just I just think... They've really done a great job with Styles, and Styles has done a phenomenal job, pun intended, at being the, the face that runs the place, the top, the reason why everybody watches SmackDown. To take the title off of him and to, for him to move into a feud with Shrug Your Shoulders because there's really nobody else for him to feud with makes zero sense. So if he's going to win this and get stuck in an Elimination Chamber match, that makes more sense to me than him losing to Cena and then going back to the Elimination Chamber – and then creating a new feud with who? Like, I, I don't see anybody else in the roster that's, that well, AJ the, Styles could feud with. The chamber helps because there are six people. There's six different feuds. I, I don't think there's anyone. Listen, I it depends how strong of a push they want to give Samoa Joe. Spoiler alert. Um, he's another one of my surprise entrants into the Royal Rumble. Um, there's a reason why he's not doing any NXT booking this weekend. And... Samoa Joe will be one of the six people in that elimination chamber. You'll have him, Baron Corbin, um, Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton after their feud, AJ Styles, and John Cena. Those are the six people. And I'll say it right now, as confident as I ever was. Those are the six. Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton will fuel their feud. John Cena is still playing the AJ Styles role, but you need someone else to take that feud off of him which is Samoa Joe, and they just love Baron Corbin as a bad guy. So you don't see Dean Ambrose and The Miz in this match at all? No, they're going to be in a match for the IC title at Elimination Chamber, and then you're also going to have Dolph Ziggler versus um, Apollo Crews in a match that same night. So it's process of elimination. These are the only six guys there. Hmm, I don't know. I, I'm not going to go that far <laughs> to saying Joe's going to be in this Elimination Chamber. I, I, I don't. I, like, I just push. truly don't. Like. And the Joe uh, Cena. Oh man, give us a triple threat: AJ, Joe, and Cena. The history between all three of those guys. I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for it too. I just don't know if they go that particular route. But again, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pick AJ Styles. I just think AJ's been so good at just to take the title off him. Would kind of suck. Um, I wouldn't mind Styles carrying that all the way into Mania. But if you give me that triple threat at Mania, I don't even care if Cena wins. That's one hell of a match and probably the best match at Mania if they book it that way. And only thing I'd watch between Rumble and Mania if that was to happen is the AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, and Christopher Daniels match. From Which like is a, one of the greatest matches ever. Yeah, and just salivate over the possibility of removing Christopher Daniels and putting in John Cena. Yeah. Um, the other match, main event, quote-unquote, uh, which could be one of the worst matches in the night, honestly. Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns, Chris Jericho in a shark cage, no DQ. There's way too many stipulations in this match. Yeah, but I think all of it 
to me, all of it leads to Kevin Owens retaining the title. And more importantly, somehow, sets, the no DQ stipulation sets up Roman Reigns' next feud, which will carry over into the Rumble, which I believe will be Braun Strowman. Could be wrong. But I just don't think putting the title on Roman Reigns, like, I know what the WWE tried to do. They tried to pull a misdirection, and they tried to circle back and find a way to put the title back on Roman Reigns. And, that, and Roman hasn't been getting booed as much. There's been, like, <laughs> more cheers for him. But I think, like, taking the title off of Owens right now, unless you have a real plan, it's kind of stupid. I think it makes more sense for Jericho and Owens to feud for the title at WrestleMania, not the U.S. title. Um, Roman Reigns is a guy right now who I feel like is an attraction who doesn't need the title. I don't think it's like between him and Cena, there are two guys who could wrestle at WrestleMania, but don't need the title for their match to be any more important. No, so Roman Reigns is much more likable when he doesn't have a belt. Yeah, as soon so as you I, throw a belt on him, he's getting booed again, and not so in a good I, way. So if we're looking at WrestleMania with Triple H and, and Seth Rollins pretty much being the only match that's absolutely cemented, not too far behind it is Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho. For them to feud for the U.S. title, I think it would be stupid. For them to feud for the universal title would be much there would be much more heat, especially as over as Chris Jericho is right now. Um, and strangely enough, the whole Kevin Owens Roman Reigns feud hasn't been as hot as I thought it was gonna be heading into the Royal Rumble. So I'm gonna pick Owens here because I just really feel like that no DQ step is the reason why uh, that Owens is gonna go over. I'm doing the same. I pick Kevin Owens, the no DQ. Um, Chris Jericho will find a way to cheat, even from the cage. Uh, he'll throw down the chain or something. like We saw it in NXT um, with the Authors of Pain. It's not like we haven't seen this match in a decade. We just saw it at a pay-per-view two months ago. So I expect the same thing to happen. Chris Jericho will find a way to cheat, help Kevin Owens win. Um, Roman Reigns will still be upset. I expect Roman and Braun Strowman to somehow find their way into a program at WrestleMania. Um, if Chris Jericho is still United cha States champion by then, I don't think him and Kevin Owens are going to ignite their feud. I really don't. I think they're going to leave us with that cliffhanger. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think they fight at WrestleMania. I think they have separate opponents, which we will now get into because it's time to talk about the Royal Rumble match itself. Um, wow. This segment is about as long as that pay-per-view is going to be this weekend. Uh, so much shit to cover. So, the Royal Rumble match itself. First off, who do you have as the surprise entrance? Whether it's an old guy, NXT guy, anything else. Who I mean, Samoa. Joe, obviously, because he hasn't been booked on NXT. And his swan song was losing to Nakamura. Um, and Finn Balor, because they've been way too quiet about Finn Balor's absence. It'd be one thing if they were like teasing his comeback. It'd be another thing if they kind of mentioned him. They haven't said anything about Finn Balor. So it leads me to believe that he is hopefully ahead on his rehab and he makes an appearance, which really muddles up the field if Finn Balor and Samoa Joe are both involved, which could also lead to them feuding <laughs> in some way, shape, or form. Um, but those, those two uh, surprise entrants, it just feels like this roster is so deep that we shouldn't get an old fogey to come step into the ring. But we might. And who could that person be? I don't know. It's not going to be Kurt Angle. I'll say that much. Um, I'm putting Kurt Angle in mind. Dude, there's no way the WWE is going to clear Kurt Angle to participate in any part of wrestling right now. He can't clear a physical. That's the only problem. That's why I'm like kind of sketchy. That's the biggest problem. <laughs> it's the reason why he's not in the WWE today. He will not be in the Royal Rumble. Absolutely not. 
Um, if Kurt Angle is not in the Rumble, I would definitely try to just throw Christian in there. It's going to be some Hall of Famer, I think. Mm. Um, yeah. For just like a, a swan song type deal. Um, if not him, yeah, I think it's Christian. Um, so, past that, my surprise entrance are Pete Dunn from the UK Championship Tournament. Bait and Dunn will be in. I think they both of them. I think will be in the Royal Rumble. Um, there's not enough spots for both of them. Yo, once you get down to thirty, it, it gets a little it gets a little crazy. Especially the people who have already declared. It doesn't leave too many spots, and I can't cut Apollo Cruz. Um, so I have Dunn going in, Samoa Joe going in, uh, Angle going in. Real quick, I had. I don't know if he passes the physical, but um, I had him going in, and Samoa Joe coincidentally eliminating Angle. Just to get some heat. Um, and I have Finn Balor. Of course, Ty Dillinger at 10, which is the key. Not anywhere. He has prepare to be number to be, 10. Prepare to be sad about Ty Dillinger being number 10. I don't think it happened. Don't break my heart, man. Not yet. Heart broken. I mean, <laughs> um, dude, I think you already went too far with Kurt Angle being in this. But, uh, yeah. Um, Dillinger at number 10. That's my biggest 10. mistake. Yeah, but, you know, keeping out hope for Kurt. Um and Finn Balor, I have him entering at 29. Just because I, I, once again, there's a lot of monsters in this thing. And they're going to keep him far away from the big guys. Right. So you so, let him enter towards the end where he doesn't have to do a lot of work on that injured shoulder, which isn't fully healed. But he can do enough to maybe sling blade someone and throw him off. Throw him over the ropes. So, because this segment has been extraordinarily long, we have other things to do with our lives. I want to kind of fast forward to who will your final four be at the Royal Rumble. Oh, you gave me four. I was prepared for three. All right, so. There's always four because they always go into four corners and the crowd starts cheering. It happens every damn Royal Rumble. Yes. You've been binge watching like I have. It happens every Royal Rumble. Yep. So, uh, my final four is Chris Jericho, Roman Reigns, Finn Balor, Seth Rollins. Final four. You st- you're really adamant about putting Seth Rollins in this Royal Rumble. I think he enters speech. number 30, correct. With the <laughs> last, like, uh, oh, you know, Seth's not in it, blah, 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 and he is the 30th, 30th person. You can't put him in before that because um, you want to build the drama that he's not included at all. So he comes out as 30, his music hits, there's an insane pop, and he comes in. And um, by this time, I, I have a scenario where Goldberg, Undertaker, all these people are eliminated. So, yeah. Seth Rollins is nowhere near. He's not. He's not even in my Royal Rumble. He got. He's out for a reason. I don't think he just kind of manipulates his way into the Royal I think Rumble. He manipulates his way. Or you know what? I think Mick Foley gets the blame for it. When and, it because Mick Foley said, "I'll figure it out." When that was the last thing Mick Foley said on Raw, is uh, "I'll oh. figure it out." And I think Mick Foley puts him in at thirty. And Steph is going to be pissed at Mick Foley, but I think Mick Foley finds a way to get Seth Rollins in. Okay, well that's a red herring, but. Still, even if Seth Rollins is in it, I think it would be the worst decision to put him in at number 30. Here's why. If you're going to suggest that Finn Balor is going to come in at 29, Correct. which will get a nuclear pop, Seth Rollins coming in at 30 will not get a nuclear pop. It will be muted. It won't. No, no. Seth, look, Seth Rollins is not the most over guy on the roster right now. Let's be clear. His no. baby face run has been mismanaged from the beginning. Correct. But him – not expected to be in it gets nope. it's it can nope. constantly raise you keep raising nope. the bar nope 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 yeah. nope nope you're you're because you're muting his heat like 
it's like putting Daniel Bryan as a surprise interest at 29 because then nobody really cares about 30 that much. So to put Seth Rollins in to have him, his, his pop will be muted because you got to remember the time that each of these guys enter. And if Finn Balor comes out with the entrance, that's going to take some time off the clock. There's going to need to be a come down segment. And Seth Rollins is not really the right guy for this. Not at 30. I don't think so. Somewhere earlier, yes. Somewhere after Finn Balor, if you're going to put him at 29, no. Finn Balor would have to come in at 30. If Finn Balor comes in at 30, Finn Balor wins the Royal Rumble. If he doesn't, he doesn't win. Well, I have 30s. I mean, I could switch Jericho at 24 for Rollins at 30, but I like the back-to-back boom. But I I give you, I understand what you're saying. I think Jericho's in the final four regardless because the tease with that, you know, he's so hot. You got to tease Jericho. Um. Hmm. Like, I've been trying to mull over this Final Four. Now, first of all, my sleeper, and I keep saying this, and I know people are going to keep saying it's ridiculous. My sleeper is Samoa Joe winning this whole thing. At, <laughs> at, at its core, at its very core, it sounds utterly ridiculous. But if you need a heel to get the most heat that he could possibly get, and the way that Samoa Joe has carried himself on NXT, to have him come in and win the Royal Rumble will create a mega heel going into the Royal Rumble. And more importantly, he doesn't declare who he's going to face until after the Elimination Chamber. So he just kind of trolls around on both shows, just being a menacing person, talking shit about how he just showed up and won the Royal Rumble. I'm not mad not, at that. Not going to happen. But I will my, point out your undying fandom for Samoa Joe, though. I, but yeah, but I, I just feel <laughs> the, the, the need for another heel right now, for a, for a, a mean-spirited asshole heel is necessary and the only way you can really produce that is and throw him on smackdown is to have him win the royal rumble he won't win it won't happen he'll be in the royal rumble he'll create some feud with somebody and that'll be that so i've been just kind of going back and forth about this i think goldberg and lesnar eliminate each other and goes into the, their wrestlemania feud i agree I think, I think undertaker actually makes it into the final four and um, okay i have him getting eliminated by Baron Corbin, because I think they want him against a young guy. I'm falling for the reports and the leaks. Yeah. And I think it's him versus Baron Corbin, and I think Corbin throws him over, which pisses people off to no end. But I think those two are the ones that feud going into Mania. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Um, I think Undertaker... I couldn't pick another young guy to eliminate him. I mean, I just ran into, like, we a rough Maven. match. You yeah. go find <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think Undertaker makes the Final Four... And I think his, his odds of making the Final Four increase exponentially if John Cena beats AJ Styles. Okay. So I'm going to put Undertaker in my Final Four, Chris Jericho in my Final Four. Um, God, I feel like we need a hope spot here. You have Finn in your Final Four. Because yes. if you have him in the Rumble, he's in your Final Four. Yeah, I have him in my Final Four. Uh, and for my fourth spot, I, like I've been struggling with this because like nobody on SmackDown makes sense unless it's The Miz. And even then, it's like, eh. Him in the, winning the Royal Rumble, yeah, nobody wants to see him in the championship match. Um, I, I wanted somebody, like, if this was a month ago, if I think it was booked right, I think Sami Zayn would be perfect for the Final yeah, Four. Yeah, I have Sami Zayn going in at number one. <laughs> Damn, I don't think they're going to treat him that bad. But I think Sami Zayn, <laughs> I think Sami Zayn making the Final Four would be a real true litmus test to see how hot he is with the fans. Because it still seems like the fans are really behind him. And we've been waiting for something to happen. Um so I'm just going to throw him in there. Why not, right? Okay. I, I mean, I have nothing else to do. No, none of these guys are no probably Strowman. in the final four. No Strowman. No. no, I think Strowman. I think Roman Reigns eliminates Strowman. 
tough. Yeah, I think I think Strowman and Reigns end up in like if if, if Strowman costs Reigns the title, then Reigns costs Strowman a title opportunity. So, but this this Royal Rumble is an absolute mess, and I really have no idea who's winning this. It's thing. amazing. That's the best part of it. Um, pick a winner. That's all you can left. Pick a winner. I'm gonna pick Finn Balor. Um, it's it's like I don't even know if he's really gonna be in this thing. But if he is, then I'm gonna pick him. Uh, I just think they they knew the direction they were going with Finn Balor when they put the title on him and lost him to injury. So to bring him back with never, I just the way they have not talked about his timetable for return leads me to believe that they're gonna surprise bring him out, and that interest at Royal Rumble will be crazy. I would really, really, really like for Finn Balor to win and take his ass to SmackDown and challenge AJ Styles in a club versus club match at WrestleMania. That's what I'd like to see. That'd be great. Won't, ha- won't happen. Um, it could happen. Doubtful. But that's what I'd like to see. If Finn Balor's not in this match, I'm just going to pick an Undertaker because in my like, – I've been trying to remember, and I'm not Googling it right now. I don't think Undertaker's ever won the Royal Rumble. Uh, I don't think so. No, I can't, I can't remember. I know him and Shawn Michaels had one hell of a match, like uh, being the last two. But I can't recall Undertaker winning the Royal Rumble. And the fact that he's not involved with anything right now makes me think if it ain't Balor, it's going to be the. Undertaker. I'm at Royal Rumble 2000. I've been watching every Royal Rumble match this week. Uh, I have yet to see him win a Royal Rumble. So. Where are we at? I uh, did 97. Yep, 99, 2000. He is. He has won a Royal Rumble. What year is this? I cannot remember. Two thousand seven. He eliminated Shawn Michaels. What did that lead to? I don't. Two thousand seven WrestleMania. Who was that? He had to win the title, right? Because he never lost at WrestleMania. So he had to have won the WWE title at well at WrestleMania. That negates everything. Um, <laughs> like. Well, I'll be. I do not remember Undertaker winning the Royal Rumble. And it's funny because I've been, you know, most of you have been listening to this. I've been binge watching WWE pay-per-views for like two years now. So I won't even call it a binge. It's like a slow burn. And I've made it to 2011. And I'm still stuck on I'm actually at the Money in the Bank CM Punk yeah, beating John Cena match now. Um, and I just don't remember Undertaker winning. Who the hell did he wrestle, who did he wrestle at WrestleMania this year, that year? Was it Batista? What the <laughs> hell happened in 2007? Yo, I'm telling you, we got to do some heavy research because I had no clue that he won. Um, it was Batista. It was Batista. He, he wrestled Batista. He did. That, he defeated Batista for the World Heavyweight Championship. Here's And here's a twist of irony. What was the big match at WrestleMania 23? The hair versus hair match. Donald Trump with Bobby Lashley against this <laughs> man in Nevada. It was. Oh, my God. I can't believe that was the big. We can't talk about this anymore. To 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 end on start and end on Trump is the way this segment has to go. I'm done. (laughs) All right, we're coming back after the break. After this quick survey, make sure you guys fill it out if you haven't already. Definitely helps out the show. When we come back, we're talking boxing because that's actually what we're going to be covering on Saturday. So stay tuned. Listen up, because we need help putting out the show that you love for free every week, giving it free to the people. Now we know nobody likes filling out surveys, but we really need you to do it. It won't take you more than five minutes, and besides helping out the show, you'll be entered for a chance to win a $100 iTunes gift card. You know what I can do with $100 on iTunes? 
I'm living life large on iTunes with that, and you guys get that just for helping us out. We know some of you may have already done surveys like this in the past, but we really need you to log in and fill this thing out as accurately as possible. Yeah, man. I mean, once we know more about you, we'll be able to deliver the show and the sponsors you dream about. Finding sponsors who are a good fit means we're going to give you the deals and information the brands you care about while keeping this show free to enjoy every week. Free to enjoy every week. It means you don't have to pay to subscribe for nothing. All right. And if you don't care about helping us and making the show better, do it for the chance to win a free iTunes or Amazon.com gift card. Right? You know, like do it for free. Do it for the gifts. And if there's not, you know, just think about it. If there's not that many of you doing it, there's a better chance to win. So please do us this solid and go to thecornersurvey.com. Once again, that's thecornersurvey.com. Do that. Keep the lights on for us. Let us cater to what you need. You know, you can tell us what you like and what you don't like. And then we can keep it all funky and knock this thing out. I know the Corner Club got our back. You guys are going to fill out that survey. We're going to get more ads. We're going to be bringing you this for free for a long, long time. So shout out to y'all. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking through that short, short break. We got to talk boxing. There's not much to talk about this week, but... There is a big fight, possibly a 2017 Fighter of the Year candidate already, and we haven't even watched it yet. Frampton versus Leo Santa Cruz. The first one was amazing. I believe, Andreas, you picked that as your Fighter of the Year last year? No, I did not. You did not? <laughs> What'd you pick? Is that what won then? I think it won Fighter of the I Year. Picked, I picked Vargas versus Salido. because that oh, shit was okay. insane. Ah, well, Andreas, always the contrarian. Um... Frampton Santa Cruz, Carl Frampton has turned into what, one of the top five pound for pound guys, um, top ten pound for pound guys, definitely in yeah. boxing. Uh, yeah, top five is we tried to do that already on the show. That was rough. Um, definitely top ten. The first one, one I thought that he should have won outright, um, but majority draw. Great fight. Run it back, right? That's that's the way of the world. So it's taken a couple of months. It's great to see it. Last time it was in New York, so we didn't get to go live. This time it's at the MGM Grand. We'll be in the building. Andreas always gets to deliver popcorn and such because he has amazing connections. Um, I'm going to have to get on his level, but it should be enjoyable. Who do you think wins the rematch? Well, I mean, first of all, Frampton won the first fight. Did you forget? No, he did win, but it was what majority majority decision. Yeah, I thought he earned the decision. Um, that should have been a majority decision. He should have won outright. Yeah, so I'm picking Frampton to win the rematch. Um, reason being is I just don't think Leo Santa Cruz can make any adjustments to fight this fight any different than he did the first time around. Frampton, on the other hand, is a little bit better on to to adjust. He's stronger at featherweight. Um, he was this is the second fight at 126. And I think Frampton uh, will make this fight actually a little bit easier than he did the last time. So I'm th- I still think it's going to be a hell of a fight because Leo Santa Cruz does nothing but come forward. But I think he gives Frampton way too many opportunities to counter. Um, and we saw in the first fight that Santa Cruz relies on his height and his reach um, and his punching output. And it's the reason why I picked Santa Cruz to beat Frampton the first time because I wasn't impressed with Frampton versus Quig, which was a big mistake on my part. Because I forgot how good Frampton is, and I shouldn't have used the quick fight as a basis for anything. But, um, yeah, I think Frampton wins this fight, and he sets himself up for a, another big fight. I think, like, I, I went to, I talked to him earlier this week, and I think he's really looking for 
three big fights in 2017. He's looking at either Gary Russell or Oscar Valdez, which would be a fucking barn burner, or Gary, uh, Gary Russell, Abner Mares, or Oscar Valdez, um, and he wants to fight in Belfast. I don't think he'll get either of them in, in Belfast, but I think he wins this fight and maybe gets a Valdez fight next. Oh, Valdez would be a great fight. Mares, I'm not necessarily interested in seeing, per se. Um, he still has to get through this one. Santa Cruz isn't going to be easy. I want to pick Leo Santa Cruz to win this fight. Judging in Vegas is a lot different than judging everywhere else, and nothing sells like a trilogy. Um, boxing's been itching for another great trilogy. Even at the lighter weights, I'm down to see it here. I'm picking Santa Cruz to win this fight. And yeah, it's going it's going the distance. I'm not picking, you know, a knockout by any means. I'm not either. I just don't think again, I just don't think that Leo can make the proper adjustments to outpoint somebody who can shift and adjust on the fly like Carl Frampton. So he could win. I just don't see it. Um but I think it's gonna be a great fight. It's gonna be an early candidate for the fight of the year. Carl Frampton was Ring Magazine's fighter of the year, and I think this sets him up for another possible run at fighter of the year if he has another great fight. Definitely. I mean, one name that's clearly absent, and it's not a stretch. It's, it's like right there for him. And if he wants a big fight, I don't know why Vasyl Lomachenko isn't a crossover fight that can happen. It, it can happen, but it's not um, going to happen right now. I would love, love, love to see that fight this year. Like, the guys are... I mean, Lomachenko's not huge, and we talk about him moving up all the time. Instead, of we talk about people moving up to fight him. Um, Frampton is right there. They're one weight division away from each other. Let, let's make it happen. It's, yeah, it's a little tough because Loma's a little bit bigger. Um, Frampton, like I said, is the second fight at 126. So, it, I mean, it definitely could happen. I just don't think it's time to tease that fight yet. I think Frampton being you know from Belfast, Northern Ireland— I, from what I've heard, there's going to be 4,000 Irish coming to this fight. So the, the arena is probably going to be cracking. <laughs> like, should, the Irish it, love Vegas. And we yeah, love it, them too. They got so, the McGregor fight for a while. They got nothing to do. So a Frampton-Lomachenko uh, fight down the line is, is very possible. But it's it's right now, I mean, I think all, Frampton has all the momentum. I think there's a lot of things you could do. Like, and, and I think, you know, Frampton's going to have to fight back at home in Belfast. That's what he really wants to do. And I, and I know he'll sell out an arena there and then come back because he really wants to fight in Vegas again. Um, but it, as much as I like Leo Santa Cruz, I just I, I can't figure out how he's going to win this fight. I can't. Watching Santa Cruz fight, he's never changed his style. No, but it's the same thing that you say. It's output. And it's, it all, in, and it's all in the judges. Um, yeah, I just don't see. Like, I, what my, my thing is, like, if you watch the first fight, which I did again, yeah. You watch how Frampton adjusted Santa Cruz, and he surprised Santa Cruz with two things, the speed and his power. Santa Cruz doesn't really adjust. He just kind of went along and kept doing the same thing. No, he got, he got one speed, man. He got one thing on his mind. So if, if Frampton figured out Santa Cruz midway through that fight, what is going to stop him from figuring him out earlier in this fight? Could be, like, again, that's could be That's very true. No, that's very true. I mean, and, and in a close fight like this, it is splitting hairs like that, right? You anticipate, like, maybe he picked up his pace. Um, same thing. We're going to see a rematch in the UFC here in a second between Woodley and Wonderboy. And I spoke right. to Wonderboy last weekend. He said, man, you know, I got caught with something in the fourth round. But I, I feel like in the, in the third, I picked up his pace. 
And he caught me with something where I threw a lazy kick and he caught me with, with a punch. And he said, that's not going to happen again. But you can even see in the fifth round when I gather myself, I beat him in the fifth. And he said, I caught his pacing. And then now this next fight is just going to be me knowing what to do. And then I was just like, okay, well, that's very possible. But you still got to avoid the big punch again. So yeah. it's one of those things where a fighter does get more comfortable and all that stuff. It's just, you never know how it's going to go. It's always splitting hairs when the first fight was that close. And selfishly, I'm picking Santa Cruz just because I want to see a trilogy. So when it's that close, I, I just want to see him go again. And yeah. it's, it's possible, but very possible. Frampton just makes it look e easy this time and sets himself for even bigger fights. Um, yeah. We also got the boxing, what, we have Wilder, new opponent. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's another opponent tested positive for steroids, which is... Do we have a problem like, in the heavyweight division? In apparently boxing? so. Because I don't apparently see this so. in other divisions, right? No, I mean, we have Povetkin test positive. It's just... Uh, it's what... I, I mean, it's just not good for he the heavyweight division. The heavyweight division has been fighting for relevancy in the States for a while now. In Europe and everywhere else, the heavyweight division is still a big deal. In the States, we haven't gave, given much of a shit about it. We get Deontay Wilder, who's a guy who can really push it as an American heavyweight... And the second fight opponent that's tested positive, they're going to replace him. But it's like, come on. What does that really do for Deontay Wilder? It's not even – I mean, it wasn't like he was going to lose the guy against the guy he set him up with. But who's going to fight now? Who cares? That's there's, the there's really no one else. I mean, at this point, it's a waiting game for the winner of, of, uh, of Klitschko and Joshua. Right? You just got to wait it out. Because yeah, that's the I mean, only other viable heavyweight opponent. The, the frustrating thing, and I keep saying this about Deontay Wilder, I feel like Deontay Wilder is the type of fighter who needs to fight to get better. And he can't just walk in cold against a Joshua or a Klitschko and win. I feel like the more rounds he puts in, the more he shores up his technique, the more he works on his defense. Like he, I think he does glorified sparring sessions with some of these guys to get himself ready for a 12-round war. If he's not doing that, he's not really prepared for a Joshua or a Klitschko. And that's unfortunate because I think Deontay Wilder has a world of talent. I just think he needs to bang more rounds. Like he's, I think it's almost to his detriment that he was killing everybody in the first and second round for so long. And yeah. even though he looked great against Romain Stavern, who is Stavern? Like, come on, man. Like, Stavern's not really a threat. I so, mean, Stavern was arguably top five heavyweight. But so that's I not mean, hard to crack. No, I mean, I'm just saying. It just is what it is, though. That's like saying um, Oscar's the best woman on Raw. I mean, on, uh, on NXT. Not really hard to do. So it's like. <laughs> With Wilder, I just felt like he needed a better opponent. And, you know, not getting to – like, Povetkin would have been perfect for him, but that shit happened. This dude, who I can't remember his name for the life of me, the fact that he tested positive is like – it's like, come on, man. He's, he's not getting ready for a big fight, and it sucks. Um, there's also the return of Mark, Mikey Garcia, who will have a second fight. Uh, he's fighting uh, Dijon Zetiklen. I can never say his name right. Pronunciation. Um, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> but the thing about the thing about this fight is people like non casual boxing fans look at this fight and say, "Oh, this is an easy fight for Mikey Garcia." It's not. Um, Dejan is a guy. If if you watched him before, he's pretty rough and rugged, and he's not anybody can walk over. And he beat Ricky Burns uh, in Glasgow, Scotland, which is a big deal that a lot of people overlook. The rest of his resume is not really up to snuff, um, but. It's a dangerous fight for a guy like Mikey Garcia who took all that time off for his second fight to come back and fight because he wants to get the WBC lightweight title. So props to Mikey Garcia for taking this fight. It's just um, not a fight that you jump into lightly, though. Because like, no, 
it's dangerous, man, because it's like you're fighting a guy. Like you're trying to build – like in boxing is weird because you're trying to build up your resume again. You're trying to make people say, oh, my, I remember Mike D.C. He knocks everybody out. You put him in there with a guy that nobody knows but can fight his ass off. And then you're stuck in a position where if Mike loses, he's fucked. Or if he has a hard time, people's like, who was who that guy? So, but even with Mikey, this is what his second fight at lightweight. His second fight, his second fight back. Like he hasn't, yeah. But so, it's only his second fight at lightweight. So it's his second fight back, second fight at lightweight. Um, the other one was in Barclays in July. Before then, he was knocking people out, but it was junior lightweight and featherweight. Yeah, but he was always like a super big junior lightweight and featherweight. Well, everyone's super big until they tr- move up, and then their power doesn't transfer with them. It's different with Mikey Garcia. Mikey Garcia, he's he's. He's almost like Conor McGregor in the sense that he was killing himself to make a weight that he didn't need to make. Even Carl Frampton at 122, killing himself to make 122. Tried 126 and said, oh, shit, I'm stronger. The weight cut's not as hard. Mikey Garcia went to lightweight, realized, was like, oh, shit, I've been killing myself for no reason. I'm still strong as shit, and my conditioning is better. Don't think it'll be a problem. I think, I think he scores a knockout. I just think this is a really tough fight. It's a risky fight for him, but I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, no time like the present. Those 30s aren't, you know, a boxer's best friend traditionally. Um, the 30s is when you're supposed to have a title, you know? It's not when you just mull about. So if you're going to collect titles and dominate your division, you do it once you hit 30 and, and on. So we see a lot of people under this time crunch. Keith Thurman, um, I mean, Errol Spence is heading into it, all this. Uh, Sean Porter, you start hitting 30, it's like, yo, it's time to rack up championships. Yeah, and because you and, only you know, got thirty through thirty-five as as like your prime. Yeah, and consider we got to run through this, but I do like I thought there was, that was the only thing we have to talk about with boxing. Forgot about Angel Garcia and his rant on Keith Thurman. <laughs> Yo, Angel's hilarious though. <laughs> so, this, this, so I have this this weird thing that's going on right now because people are like, what Angel Garcia did was deplorable, using the N word, and while I agree. It was in bad taste, the way the angel acted towards Keith Thurman. I think people forget what Philly and New York Puerto Ricans are. I was about are. to say, Puerto Ricans always say, like, yeah, it's like you not heard look, Big look, Fun and Fat Joe versus? I, exactly. I, look, I've tried to do my best to eliminate the word from my vocabulary. And I, I've made a conscious effort because I think it's useless at this point. Because the power of it's been completely taken away. And too many fucking people use it. So I abstain from using it. But to make this such a big deal about Angel Garcia saying it means you completely don't understand our culture. And though I don't agree with what Angel did and how he went about it, to make it seem like he was using hate language and he was like racist and you're wrong. And oh, all by you no boxing, means, yeah, no. And all you boxing writers who are trying to make it about race completely are detached from our culture. And shut the fuck up. Just point out the fact that Angel's a dumbass who doesn't need a mic anywhere near him. And Danny, check your father, dude. Like, it's, he's just well, making his, you his, look really bad. Yeah, his father, I mean, that's what he does, right? Um, just no different than, like, the Guerreros. Like, the father's the talker, the son's the fighter. So that, that's the added, added aspect to that. I didn't even know, like, people were claiming race and, yeah. uh, like, overly sensitive to that. I just... I just thought he was crazy and it was funny. I didn't even like dig into the fact that like, yeah, so what? Like Puerto Ricans all up and down the East Coast, Dominicans, all that stuff. It, it's kind of always been said. It's not new necessarily. Like I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, but uh, I've he watched didn't say media. it like in a in a hateful way either. Like he just he just let that shit roll. Like 
it was just everyday talk. And like yeah. I said, I don't condone it, but it's just like when I watch social media light up about Angel being like, you know, um, you know, race. I was just like, dude, y'all, th- th- it shows how, how far we still have to go for Are these white writers, understand. by the way. Of course. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Now I feel better. I mean, come on. Let's be, let's be honest. How many black writers are there really in boxing? Like, seriously. There's this about is six a- of us, right? There's that, about- that OG dude who's always at the at the fights. He got, like, the little kufi on. His name yeah. escapes me. That, that but, dude but, is mad cool. But um, he's cool. But is he a writer? I don't That's know what a- he does. This is a whole, like, we'll have this conversation another day. <laughs> there are so many people in boxing media who don't know how to write. Yeah, Boxers yeah. become so desperate for attention, they let people in with a camera who just film inter- interviews. Why are you on press row? You do nothing. Yeah, I mean, and- I see I see. a uh, shout-out to the big dude who records <laughs> videos the whole time. Uh, you guys are going to have no clue who these people are because I don't necessarily know their names. But there's a big but- dude with the Boxing Network. He always uh, has his camera in his hand. He's black. Um, there's me, you, OG dude with the Koofy. That's four. Giandra uh, hits up the West Coast stuff. That's five. It's just like, but it's, there's so few black writers, not black camera holders, black <laughs> writers. Listen, that, that, there's so few writers in general now. Like, well, you know, we're in combat sports, and you just got to be honest. When we go to MMA, when we go to UFC fights, it's like us, and there's, there's really that's it. And when we go to boxing, it's like us, and there's really that's it. There's just really that, not that many who write for prominent publications who are, are African-American. It's crazy. Like, Doug Fisher is black. And, you know, he's the head of ring, but people, just for whatever reason, could, like, forget where his roots are. Because yeah. he doesn't necessarily look like the typical black dude. But I'm black. You're, you know, you are darker than me. And there's so few of us. But the fact remains is that boxing is still old white man territory. And when they try to talk about our culture... And what happens in our culture, they're just way the fuck off base. And I would like, I would prefer for a lot of them to stay in your fucking lane and shut the fuck up. <laughs> nah, that's, I'm telling you, it's at, to the point where I'm not surprised that they picked that, at that statement um, by Garcia. Because I, I guess race is such a hot button topic right now that they're like, oh, let's jump on it. And it's just like, <laughs> yo, slow down. Like, you he didn't mean it like that. And, and I no, guess they're, they're not supposed to know, like, quote-unquote, who gets the pass to use it. Like, there isn't a pass. Like, it's just you have to know where you're from, how the people grew up, so on and so forth. Um, yeah. Do your research. Like, I'm, listen, I am dark-skinned. I go to where my family's from in Puerto Rico. I'm the lightest person there. Like, you think of Puerto Ricans, you look at J-Lo, you look at light-skinned people. No, I'm from a village of dark Puerto Ricans. My great-grandfather was as dark as leather. Like, black. Black darkness. And, like, our ancestors were no different than the slaves brought over here. Like, that whole side of Puerto Rico was just slaves. Like, it is what it is. Um, So, I mean, the Caribbean in general... Whether it's the Dominican with Haiti right next door and the slave history that came through and the slave trade and everything, it hit everyone. So when they say that in New York and all that stuff, it's like, yo, there's a whole different past. There's a whole connection there historically in which why they also get the past. So, I mean, that's like telling someone who's super Creole in Louisiana that they can't use it because they quote unquote pass the paper bag test, which is one of the wildest shit I ever heard in my life. 
Um, and that's down south right there when you, you know, you can't get into a frat or a sorority because you don't pay, pass the paper bag test. You ain't light enough. Um, but they're still black. So there's, there's varying shades of what it is to be oppressed, black, and Afro-cultured. And the Caribbean has that as well. So hopefully white writers come around and just be easy. Let us be sensitive if we want to be sensitive about it. And so then y'all just chill out. Yeah, shut up. All right, so let's move on to UFC. We got to take a break first. Is yeah, quick break. We're going to throw in another shout out from the sponsors. When we come back, we're talking UFC, wrapping everything up. So stay tuned. All right, everybody, before we continue to talk more combat sports, we've got to give another thanks to Casper Mattresses. Casper Mattresses combine two technologies, springing latex foam and supportive memory foam to create an award-winning sleep surface. Have y'all ever slept on memory foam? It's like floating on air. It's that great. And this is how we get our sleep. So you guys make sure that you check it out. Casper Mattresses are made in the USA and have free shipping and returns to the U.S. and Canada. Shout out to the Great North. You can buy your Casper mattress easy online, and it's completely risk-free. Look, dude, you spend like a third of your life sleeping, and Casper understands the importance of trying out a mattress before you commit. Look, so if you aren't satisfied with the Casper mattress, you got a 100-day period. Yeah, that's right, 100 days. You know, like, 100 days of sleeping, by, by about that time, I think I know if I like my mattress. So get a Casper mattress for $500 for a twin or $950 for a king size. And you can save an additional $50 towards your Casper mattress by going to casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner. Promo code the corner to save $50 towards your Casper purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Look, again, man, I like to sleep and these things are for real. All right, everybody, welcome back. We're talking UFC real quick before we get out of here. It's been a long show. Great talking to you guys as always. You know we always go off on a crazy tangent. Um, actually, before we even get to UFC, oh my gosh, how did, how did I jump the gun? We got to talk Bellator. When do we lead off an MMA segment with Bellator? When uh, bullshit happens. <laughs> they done got us again. Uh, Tito Ortiz versus Chael Sonnen. I'm sure you watched it by now. What are your thoughts, man? I, I can't even... Come on. Well, you know, um, the journalist in me is not allowed to write and say stuff like this, but I want Tito to lose so bad because this guy who just completely just keeps running off about make America great again, Trump great again, Trump's America. I just want him to lose. However, this he was fighting a middleweight who was campaigning unnecessarily at lightweight who just got ran over by Rashad Evans. I knew Taylor Sonnen didn't have a chance in hell to win this fight. Um, I do think that. I thought he had a chance at hell. Watching the fight, I thought he had it. And nah. there's some video evidence that Tito tapped before getting out of it. Nah, nah I mean... I, that, that shit looked like a tap. Even, that guillotine wasn't even tight. Uh, I mean, Chael doesn't even win fights by guillotine. This was... This, I mean... This was it, almost it, as big a farce as Ken Shamrock versus... Uh, versus... What's his face? Who is no longer here? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, oh, uh, you talking about Kimbo? Kimbo. Nah, I mean, look, this was a fight. It was just Tito Ortiz is a much bigger guy than Chael Sonnen, and he won with a rear naked choke against a guy who hasn't fought in a long time. Like, I think people are making this. It out was to on be his face, dude. Ask anybody. Who I mean, I'm, I don't want to be in that shit either. But I mean, 
you can't fake how purple Chael's face was getting. That's my issue with people saying this was choreographed. Chael's face was turning, it went from beet red to purple. That shit hurt more than anything else. And Tito's no little guy. And Chael is is a lot smaller. He's not a real light heavyweight. And then plus you got to factor in USADA and everything else. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, you don't know exactly. Yeah, everything's against Chael in this fight. There was no way he was going to win this fight. So him losing wasn't choreographed to Cheeto, Cheeto, Tito. Um, (laughs) Cheeto, Tito. Cheeto, Tito loves Trump. Uh, but it wasn't choreographed for Tito to win on his way out. He just won, and it was just a bad fight. And fuck it, I don't care. It's over. It. I Horrible was more, my, I was more interested in watching Paul Daly split Brendan Ward's head wide open with that flying knee. Incredible, right? And I knew the main co-main is really the major fight of these Bellator events, um, and they know it. They have great cards leading up until the main event, and that shit's a circus show. And we're gonna see another one here. What rampage? Is, is coming back to fight King Mo, and it's like, come on, King Mo. Um, yeah, it makes no sense, but it well, is what it, it is. Does, get it. King Mo beat Rampage the first time around. Anybody who watched that fight saw that King Mo won that fight. So it makes sense that he run it back because Rampage, like King Mo beat Ishii, who Rampage uh, had a split decision with. And so it makes sense to have, have them a grudge match, rematch a heavyweight. It, it, it's like... It's it a high-profile fight. For I was about to say, it doesn't do much for King Mo, who is still is still relevant and still can challenge for legit MMA titles, especially in Bellator, when fighting Rampage, who's washed up, and it's just a, a showcase fight. It, I don't know. I don't see how anything's different. I, Rampage is just literally bulking up to crazy status to get ran over. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, I understand why it's happening. It's Rampage, it's King Mo, it's a grudge match. It's two guys who don't like each other. Um, and King Mo's coming off of that loss to Crow Cop, so he, you know, he needs to get himself a win. So aren't we getting he, a talking about that? Sorry, aren't we getting a Fedor fight as well? Fedor and Mitrione next month. Yes, we are. Okay, yeah, the shit show just continues. Yeah, so I mean, Bellator is a. Uh, they're, they're trying – I mean, it, it did, what, 1.8 million people watch this fight. So it's the fact is, is that Bellator is making its way. It's and if they keep, Yeah, if they keep pulling, you know, UFC fighters to their way and, like, you know, if they have Roy McDonald versus Paul Daly next or whoever, this could be a good fight. So it could be good for Bellator at the end of the you day. You know what's wrong with Bellator? Or not what's wrong because, I mean, people are fighting for it. But this past fight, Tito Ortiz makes 300000 guaranteed on the books. Chael Sonnen makes 50000 for winning. Just on the books. You don't know what they get after that. There were eight fighters who made $2,000 on this card. Yeah. Six of them lost. I'm not getting paid $2,000 to lose. I mean, I could work at McDonald's for a month and make 2000 Like, what are, what's the purpose of this? Um, that's where Bellator is going to run into some problems. Because they have the quote-unquote Fab Five. Now, um, you know, collegiate wrestlers and and amateurs and all this stuff, people with great records coming up in the ranks. And how long can you hold on to people like that paying what you pay? Right. And that's the question. So, I mean, if you want to be, I mean, a territory for the UFC, then that's fine. But until then, you got to start paying the big bucks. You got to got to up these person. You got to do something at the at the bottom level because you're going to lose your young talent by the time you develop. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, we'll moving on to the UFC, we have UFC Denver. 
and UFC on Fox, women headlining the Fox card, which is dope. Great platform for the women. Shevchenko versus Juliana Pena is at the top. But overall, this is a very good card. I wouldn't say it's very good. I'd say it's very solid. Oh, listen, this shit is better in Brooklyn. <laughs> well, yeah, Brooklyn's a piece of shit. Not, <laughs> I'm not using it as my barometer. I'm not, I'm not using it as my barometer to gauge fights. But listen, I think when you have a Sunchild versus Sterling on the prelims, I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, but you got Alex Caceres and Jason Knight, which I don't think should be on the main card, but it is what it is. Yeah, me um, either. I mean, Sterling would be better off on the main card, but whatever. You know. He's coming off a lot. Both of these guys are coming. Sterling and Sunside are both coming off a losses. So I get it. Still top 10 uh, guys. Yeah. But uh, Pena and Shevchenko, I'm um, looking forward to that fight. It's, it's your traditional grappler versus striker match. Um, Pena's been, you know, all over the, the MMA uh, websites just talking her shit. And she wants a piece of Ronda Rousey. So I, I kind of I want to see Juliana win this fight because I think the d- women's division is more interesting with her challenging for a title. Um, and I like Shevchenko a lot, and I think Shevchenko may win this fight. Um, I'm actually going to go ahead and pick Shevchenko to win this fight. I'm going to pick Pena, um, but Shevchenko, I went and watched her fights before because I was like, damn, her striking is really good. Or, you know, her Muay Thai is legit, all this stuff. And I watched it, I was damn near bored to death. I was like, I thought she was more impressive watching it live than I am going back and watching these fights. Yeah, so it's, it's just like, I don't, I don't know how she is on the ground. Um, offensively, she's fine on the ground, but uh, she's never had to fight off her back. Like it's it's an interesting dynamic. I don't. I'm I'm hoping Juliana Pena wins. I'm predicting that she wins um, by taking this fight to the ground. Yeah, I, I picked Shevchenko earlier, but um, and five I rounds be, I, is a long time. I wouldn't be surprised if Juliana Pena wins this fight, and I, I think it's better for the division if she wins. But anyway, um, the fight I'm looking forward to most is uh, Donald Cerrone and uh, Jorge Masvidal. I think this is going to be one hell of a fight. Masvidal is a guy who gets the. Uh, who gets a lot of shitty decisions that don't go his way. And he's always exciting to watch. And he talks a good bit of trash as well. This could be one hell of a fight. I think so as well. I think Cerrone found a home at welterweight. I'm picking Cerrone to win this fight. And I really want to see Cerrone. And, you know, because he'll fight on one month's notice. It doesn't even matter. Um, I want to see Cerrone versus Damian Maia sooner or later. I, I think yeah. that has to come as the that number one contender's fight. Yeah. I just feel bad for Damian Maia. He deserves a title <laughs> shot. I just don't think the UFC wants him to be anywhere near the title. I think uh, they still have the bad taste of Damian Maia versus Anderson Silva on their, on their breath. And for whatever reason, they just don't want to move Maia into a title shot. Hopefully, he gets what he deserves. He's been on the road. He, he beat the shit out. He dogged Carlos Condit in, like, what, two minutes? Yeah, because he so, just jumps on people's back now. He's like, yo, I'm not even fucking with this striking stuff. Well, like, well no, the, the thing is about Damian Maia, wrap like, if you, you up. watch... If you watch Damian Maia, he's become a competent striker, which is the reason why his ground game has gotten so much better. And he's a better wrestler now than he ever was before. Oh, his before wrestling. Was, he's the best wrestling jujitsu guy in the UFC. Yeah. I mean, so the thing is with Maia becoming a competent striker, like if you go back and watch when he got knocked out of the sky like a scud missile against Nate Marquardt. <laughs> And, you know, he couldn't do anything against Anderson Silva. He's become a much better striker. And when you're a much better striker, people have to respect it. Mm-hmm. And then it leads to you using your wrestling and being able to take people down. So Maya is a guy who isn't terribly exciting, but is a threat to anybody in this division. That's so, an understatement. Yeah, hopefully he gets a shot. You know, we'll see. Um, who are you picking, Cerrone or Masvidal? 
I'm picking Cerrone. Um, <laughs> I, I can't get, pick against a guy who's rolling like he has been, but Masvidal does have the tools to beat Donald Cerrone. Yeah. And it's going to be just a great, great fight that Cerrone will win by decision. And then we have Arlovsky versus Francis. How do you say his last name? I, I don't want to butcher it. Nanoa? Yeah, I don't. Listen, it's Francis. Uh, Francis has been knocking everybody out. So yeah. I'm going to pick Francis to take Arlovsky's jaw off. You know, um, it's going to yeah, be so good. Highlight knockout. Somebody going to sleep. That's all. Yeah. That's the, there's no way this goes. No, Francis, Francis put him to sleep. I, I, I don't see how Arlovsky wins this. Um, what else? The Caceres fight. I'm picking Caceres. Jason Knight's pretty good, but um, I have to do a little bit more research on Knight's past. Caceres, he's, he's good striker. His ground game has gotten better. Should be a fun little fight. Um, and let's just pick the Sterling fight versus Asenta. You know, they both need a win. Both guys need a win. Does Aljamain bounce back? I think so, and I'm not just saying that because I like him. I just think that um, he's younger. He learned a lot from the Caraway loss. I think he learned more losing than he would have winning because he had an adrenaline dump in that fight because he was very he was very well off in the first round, and then he just lost it after that. Um, he's a very good wrestler. He's competent at jiu-jitsu. Uh, striking could use a little bit of work. But I think he finds a way to win this fight by decision against the Sun Sal. Sun Sal's never been a guy who's been terribly impressive to me. I think he's been a benefit benefactor of some decent competition and getting through that way. But you saw what happened to him and TJ Dillashaw. So I'm not saying that Sterling's on that level, but I think Sterling wins this fight. Yeah, it's always rough having to take him down. Um, and remember, Sun Sal, he, he's beaten TJ Dillashaw before. So we can't yeah. act like he's well, never beat him. But I'm just saying, like, if you watch that fight, Dillashaw won the fight. I don't even know how Sunsau got the decision. But anyway, go ahead. It was, it was in Brazil, man. <laughs> just chalk that up. Um, but, yeah, taking him to the ground it is it's always rough because he's a bigger dude. Um, but when he's down there, you can definitely have your way with him. I pick Al Jermaine to win, and I think he chokes him out. Um, so I, I don't think it goes all the way. It's a good statement for Al Jermaine, and he works his way back up in the division. That is stacked right now, and that has a new champion. So it's not going to be easy going forward. Um, winning this fight can only mean you know another tough fight ahead of him. So um, yeah. that's this card pretty much. That's MMA in a nutshell. The only other thing really that happened in MMA was UFC 211 being announced going to Dallas. A versus JDS. Do you like the matchup? Yeah, there's nobody else in the heavyweight division. So... <laughs> not waiting for Kane. Like you're just saying the hell with that. Hell no. If Kane can't get cleared, you can't just wait on him. And Stipe and JDS have a, have history. So this is a rematch that I'm looking forward to see. So I'm here for it. Alright. So I'll enjoy it. Don't know if I'll make it down to Dallas for that. It's my birthday week. I'll probably just watch that somewhere having a drink. Um and chilling and enjoying my birthday week. I might pull Andre's Hill and go on a cruise this year. Good for you. It's on the to-do <laughs> list. You know, I'm trying to get grown up. I got my first pedicure the other day. Um, I might even try brunch. You can see the evolution of Kel throughout the podcast. If you hadn't, didn't listen to our earlier episodes, I flamed Andres for doing both of these things. Now I'm old and washed. Exactly. Join the club. It's a great club to be in. <laughs> I'm about to be 29. It's a sad day. Uh, but that's our show for this week. Next week, we'll come back recapping Royal Rumble. We're going to have Royal Rumble Monday Night Raw. Smacked out so much to go over next week. It's going to be insane. And we're prepping for more UFC stuff and big boxing news. So make sure you guys tune in. Follow us on social media at the corner LSN on all platforms. 
I'm at Kel Dansby on everything. Does Andreas feel like sharing his stuff? Nope, find it. <laughs> find him on Twitter, probably causing a stir or creating one of you know the greatest sayings in Twitter history. You never know. You never know what he's going <laughs> to give you. Um, but that's it for this week. Until next week, we're out. Peace. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough and the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you, so you can always depend on us. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.